Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Welcome into Mondays with Matt, everybody. We appreciate you here on the podcast, and it is our final podcast of 2020. We are into the final stretch of a week or two here in the remainder of this year, and Matt and I are going to talk about things that drive your financial advisor, maybe you, crazy, as well as we wind down the year of craziness with Matt Starkey. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I am feeling crazy, Mark. Are you? <laughs> it's been one, that's for sure. As we talk about uh, the end of the year, I know uh, a lot of folks have been through a lot. We were talking about that kind of pre-recording uh, our podcast today, uh-huh. and and um, so, you know, just... Uh, it's, I think it's important as we, as we take time to reflect, you know, on the beginning of the year and, and what's happened throughout, there's a lot of emotion that has uh, affected all of us in different ways. So we want you to just take time and just quietly spend some time just meditating. And I think being grateful, you know, coming out of our Thanksgiving month last month, you know, take time to be grateful. Think about some things that have been positive. Yeah. And, Can't all and, be bad, you know, right? It's not all bad, you know. I th- I think perspective is a is a huge thing, and you know I don't know about everybody listening, but I have faith in somebody bigger than me, and um, I did that this morning. Just took some time and said thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that I could think of that's positive, you right, know. And yeah. um, really, what it does is it kind of minimizes the current thing that's in your face, and it just really expands that, you know. I'd say God is bigger, and He's got a He's got a plan for your life, so you need to really just take time. And ask and be thankful and be grateful. Because really, yeah. every day that I wake up, I'm thankful. You know that I get another day to enjoy that sunrise and take a a breath of fresh air and uh, live life. There you go. Silver linings. Got to find the silver linings even in a pretty rough year like 2020. And yeah. uh, and so that, I think that's those are good words to uh, wind down the year with. And we're going to talk about some uh, some financial things because you know. Obviously, this year has had plenty of flaws, and tons of industries have their flaws, and the financial industry is no exception. So I've got a list of a couple of things that drive advisors crazy. And when you're listening to this, some it probably drives a lot of, of uh, listeners and clients crazy as well. So you know, too often we're on the same page with one another. Uh, things in the industry in and of itself can just be a bit frustrating. So we've got a few of them, and we'll just see what Matt thinks about them and, and what we could possibly do about some of these. So our first one is hidden fees. If it drives you crazy as the client, it also actually does drive advisors crazy because you guys have to explain these to folks. And, and a lot, often there's not much you guys can do about this. This is stuff that's inside the mutual funds and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hidden fees are one of the, one of the top drivers. Um, you know, People often see fees and then they, they wonder what's this fee for or what's that for. Um, naturally, you go out to a restaurant, <laughs> if it's perceived that you've been overcharged or something, how does that right. make you feel? Yeah, it tends to get some of us hot under the collar. Other ones are like, "Oh, fine, I don't want to say anything," you know. But um, when you're talking about your investments, it can it can be a big thing. So yeah, fees is the number one thing um, on our list today, and uh, yeah, they do drive us crazy. I think the biggest thing for me is that the average investor doesn't know what they pay, and it's interesting because I get people that come and say, "Okay, what's your fee?" And, um, you know, I just had the question yesterday, you know, why should I pay you, you know, to manage my money? And I usually turn around and ask them a question about their portfolio if they've been doing it themselves. And uh, in a second, they can't really tell me, you know, 
one lady <laughs> just said she didn't like insurance companies. And I was like, oh, okay. One of your companies is Mutual of Omaha. Right. And right, right on your statement here, it says that you have an annuity. So, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was an insurance company. Right. I mean, yeah. So perception, <laughs> perception is real. It, it bothers me, you know, with products because yeah, it does impact our long-term rate of return. So what we do is we break them down. We make it transparent. So a client knows really exactly what they're paying. They don't always love to see the fees when, when it is transparent. Right, um, right. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. And, and a lot of products that are out there in our industry these days hide the fees. So you have like commissions where um, you buy into a mutual fund and an A share and you pay an upfront sales commission. That gets goes to the advisor and the broker that sold you the product. So you don't see a fee there, but in the prospectus, if you looked closely, if your agent did his job and gave you those prospectuses, you would show that there's a upfront sales charge that comes from your money. A lot of times on an A share, it's like upwards of five and three quarters percent you pay. You take out out of your investment and you put it in their pocket day one. So we don't use commissionable products like that um, in when we do securities, but we charge a management fee on the backside. And um, then we use what we call low wave funds or whatever, but not to go into too much detail, but an upfront sales charge, it's in the prospectuses. They're on variable annuities. They're on commissionable products. If you work with an average financial advisor at one of the wirehouses, you're paying them, you just don't see them. And so th- those are some of the things that drive me crazy. Um, and once clients, you know, we, I just did an analysis about a week ago for a gal and her variable annuity, she had uh, between three and 400,000 and she paid over $10,000 a year just in mortality Ouch. and expense charges yeah. and mutual fund sub costs and an enhanced death benefit rider. And she was paying 2.71% in overall in fees. And she had no clue. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, and, you know, crazy. <laughs> and it's kind of like cell phones. Uh, you know, often we think, you know, okay, this is here's what they tell us. Here's what they advertise they're charging, and we know taxes and fees are going to come up. We kind of expect some of the taxes, but often some of the the fees are nuts. You know, we'll see these. You know, nine one one. Okay, fine. Then there's like state regulatory and federal regulatory, and there's all these different little fees that you see on your cell phone bill. Sometimes you're like, what are all these? And it's the same same kind of way. There's there's nothing your cell phone company can do about that. A lot of times it's federally mandated and things. And so same kind of deal sometimes with uh, the the industry. There's what the advisor's charging to manage your portfolio. Yes, but then there's also those hidden fees that are just you know kind of out of that control and you have to find the right products and the services uh, to help manage those fees. So that definitely drives both sides of the, uh, of the equation nuts. Uh, and if you don't know which fees you're paying, excuse me for no, interrupting, for it, yeah. give us a call because I'd, I'd be happy. Even you know if you're a client and you'd say, you know, it's been a while since we reviewed it. Yeah, give me a call. I'll be very transparent with you. If you're not a client yet, give us a call also. Yeah. Be happy to do a portfolio analysis and and break down what exactly you're paying your you know advisor or even in your self-managed portfolio, what kind of fees you're paying. So There you go. Just give them a call, folks, at 989-401-2949. There's no cost or obligation to do it. So 989-401-2949. Reach out to Matt and go through some of those fees. Uh, what about the, those advisors out there that drive other advisors crazy, Matt, because they put their own goals ahead of their their clients? And, and maybe advisor is the wrong word. It's probably more like a broker, someone who does suitability only versus someone who's like a fiduciary. Yes, uh, this is a great one. The number two is uh, advisors who put their own goals ahead. And yeah, you just nailed it when you said um, oftentimes when you're being sold something in the financial world, uh, if you're working with a traditional broker or a broker dealer, mm-hmm. 
the person that you're working with selling you products has to fill out a suitability form. This is your big, this, this is your sign that you're working with somebody that's, they're self-interested. They don't put your interests ahead of theirs. So whenever you see suitability form, that's drafted by the compliance officers at a broker dealer or an insurance company. And that makes sure that their agents aren't are taking all the information about you and your financial situation, getting as much information as possible before they submit an application. If you filled out a suitability form or signed a suitability form, that means that that person doesn't have your best interest ahead of theirs. They're just selling you a product and they could be very well lining their pockets with uh, an equivalent product that pays them 3% more than you could buy out in the, you know, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you work with an advisor who has a fiduciary capacity like myself, we have to put your interests ahead of ours. So, um, you know, I, I, I chatted with somebody yesterday who was upset about their bank savings rates. And um, I said, well, I could, you know, I can easily just sell you a product to get you a rate that's better than what you're paying. But I said, unless I look at your entire picture, I don't know if that product's the right thing for you to be buying. So I have a, I have a fiduciary duty. It means I put your interest ahead of mine. So I'm not going to sell you just something so that you can get a higher interest rate and I can pocket a commission. We're going to talk about it. We're going to look at how does it impact the other areas of your portfolio? And is it generating enough return with respect to your other investments that you're going to meet your retirement goals? Yeah. And I think, again, a lot of times it's it's definitely knowing the difference in the type of advisor you're working with. Uh, and sometimes that falls in line with those big box companies. So I'm going to actually tie number three and number four here together, Matt, on what drives your financial advisor crazy. And that is these larger companies um, that kind of have, you know, that push product or have these cookie cutter, one size fits all kind of deals. And I often refer to it like, you know, I don't know, clothes shopping, for example, you know, it's December. And so if you go into a place that still has, you know, swimwear on sale, you know, they're going to be selling it super dirt cheap because they're trying to push it out the door. They're trying to get rid rid of that remaining stock. And often some of these big box companies will push certain products. They'll be like, you know what, we need to move, you know, X. And so they try to cram it down uh, into a client's portfolio when it really might not be the, the most wise choice because there's an ulterior motive. Yes, absolutely. So back in my early days of financial advisorhood, when I worked for one of the big boxes, we would go to a monthly meeting and um, we would have representatives there from investment companies. So, and, and they would pay, they pay lots of money to the big broker to sure. talk to all their financial advisors and give them quote unquote training on different ideas on training on different, how, how does the 529 plan affect uh, clients these days. And, and what they would do is they'd pay the big dollar to be in front of us. Why? Because we run with an idea for that month and we would go and try to sell their product and under the under their idea. The big companies who push products, really, that's you just need to be aware that they're out there. And the type of advice that you decide to take will show up in your portfolio down the road. So you just need to know that due diligence is a big thing. Recently, I came across a gal who had, we had acquired a book of business here and um, she had met with uh, a gentleman who was assigned to a policy that she had had from another firm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, she, you know, she had talked to this guy. Well, I said, did you by chance use FINRA's broker check? FINRA is the, the financial regulatory authority, but did you check his background? 
um, the guy had 10 incidents of client forgery, ah. um, IRS liens against him for not paying his income taxes, which affected his ability to do business. And so he had 10, I'd say, bad marks on his report card in the industry. And she she felt so calm. And you know, when he was talking to her, he was a smooth talking guy. But um, without the due diligence, you can easily get into working with somebody that you shouldn't be, or you could get into the big companies. Yeah. Like you said, pushing out the tour or, Hey, it's a limited, limited time offer. Mm-hmm. You got to buy now. Yeah. Um, and another company comes to mind. I think they use a, a horse and carriage uh, for their logo, but uh, they opened a, thousands of investor accounts without permission a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. um, companies like that really drive me crazy because those kind of firms should be closed and never allowed to open again. That's fraud. And um, they just get a slap on the wrist sometimes by the regulatory authorities and pay a fine. But it should put them out of business because that's super unethical and it doesn't fit in treating others the way you'd want to be treated. So yeah. Yeah. Be and careful. So, yeah. Definitely be careful. And so you see folks, I mean, a lot of times it drives us uh, crazy as uh, you know, uh, lay folks as, as clients, potential clients, but it also drives advisors crazy. And the same can be said for buzzwords and jargon sometimes, Matt. You guys, obviously, you know, you do this all day long. Just like any industry, there becomes words and certain things that you just spit out because you're used to saying them all day long. And so sometimes, you you know, you just say it not to necessarily talk over someone's head, but just because you don't catch the fact that you they might not be understanding. But then there are some advisors who do try to use buzzwords and jargon to uh, yeah, I guess to try to maybe elevate their own status as to look how look how smart I am. You should kind of work with me type of deal. So it can be frustrating for us because we feel like, you know, we're being talked down to. And sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, buzzwords and jargon are one of those things that they do. Um, if you're not knowledgeable about the industry or, or the subjects, they can tend to give drive you crazy. One of the things I think that sometimes happens, like you said, uh, I'll be talking to somebody in my office about you know something that's common to us, but it may not be to the, the layperson. So we do have to be careful that uh, we don't end up uh, using those buzzwords too frequently that go over someone's head. And you know, and usually if we're having a conversation, they'll say, "Yeah, you lost me," or, right. or whatever. If if we are using, and they that. should but, feel free to do that because that that helps the communication grow. Absolutely, you know, communication is so key uh, in our industry and. Uh, in everything that we do, um, we want to make sure that we don't miscommunicate anything because that could be life changing for some people. So, yeah, if we're using bu- buzzwords or jargon that you're not familiar with, please let us know. But that is one of the things that drives us crazy as well is, you know, people just even like a RMD or QCD, if you if you hear those terms go around Sometimes you got to ask, what is that? Or what's, what is the S&P 500? <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd be surprised sometimes. Yeah, it's like, you know, what's the standard in pours, you know? Uh, yep. And sometimes people know it, but they don't kind of always associate it. And, of course, it gets more difficult if somebody starts talking alphas and betas and, you know, various different things. I mean, we even talked on the last show about ta- tax loss harvesting. Um, yep. Sounds very big and complex. It's actually fairly simple. But, you know, so sometimes just take that moment and just say to the person that's talking to you, hey, like I said, Matt said, you lost me back the trolley up. But I think what happens is people start to, they don't want to admit they don't know something. And so they don't end up asking questions. Then they feel more talked down to, and then it just isn't a productive session. So 
you know, right. It it goes both ways, right? The advisors need to be cognizant of it, but the clients need to be cognizant of it as well. So absolutely. All right. Well, one more, and then we're going to wrap up our final show here for the year, and that is financial plans that consist of a lot of pages that no one understands. Basically, Matt, should a financial plan be like War and Peace? You know, should it be? <laughs> should it be this monstrous <laughs> book? If if you're not a reader, <laughs> or you you understand that question, no, I. Financial plans are so confusing that most people look forward to the chart. If is there a chart that shows? Do I have? Is it red, meaning I have a <laughs> right. not enough money, or is it going to be completely fine? Yeah, financial plans are one of those things. Um, I worked and did that for about ten years with a, with a firm, and um, I I hated it because what I hated about it is when I go to present. Number one, it's super time consuming to put all the information into a full financial plan. But by the time we got to present it, which was about two to three months after we started the process, I just got the deer in the headlights look from most people. They're just like, oh, yeah, they, you know, the first first thing you point out, the first recommendation. Oh, great. You know, oh, right. yeah, I understand that when you got 10 recommendations in there. Right. It's like your mortgage, uh, right? It's like filling out the mortgage papers. By the time you get to the end, yeah. you're just numb. It, it, that's exactly right. And so those financial plans that are like 174 pages, yeah. Throw that out the door. We, I started doing what I called a 21-point checklist, and um, I've even consolidated that down now. But we do just a kind of a simple analysis, and most people want one or two things taken care of. But we, we look comprehensively, but I try to put everything onto one page as far as recommendations. And I do use a couple of graphs or charts that will be easy to understand because most people, unless you're an engineer, you probably don't really care about how we got to the number exactly. And even if you do, we I can show you in two two worksheets instead of you know 175 pages of financial planning and jargon and disclosures and all that stuff. It's just overwhelming really yeah. for most people, and it drives me crazy too because I put together a packet that's overwhelming. To me, it's going to be ten times more <laughs> to a client. You right, know, yeah. you got to be able to understand it, and so we like to make it understandable for you and go slow enough and not take up you know a month of my time putting it together. You know, it's got to be yeah. profitable for us to do, but even more so for you to understand and apply to your life. So we try to make a quick list and, and consolidate that into something simple. Yeah, because if you toss it in the drawer after that and you don't follow the plan, then what was the point, right? Correct. So, if you don't implement the plan, which is 95%, the most important thing to do is implement the recommendations. Right. You know, and if you're numb, leaving the financial advisor's office, just wasted everybody. you might get time. one or two things done and that's yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, there you go, folks. That's our final podcast this year. What drives your financial advisor crazy? Often some of the same things that drive us crazy as clients. So communication is key. That's one of the reasons we do the podcast Mondays with Matt, which we do a couple of these each month. So if you have not yet subscribed to it, do so because we'll be coming back with new episodes in 2021 and hopefully have some good things to talk about, uh, some positive things, along with some more financial uh, nuggets and tidbits and things to learn along the way. Anytime you have a question, always check with a qualified professional like Matt Starkey before you take any action. Uh, so that you know that you're talking about that for your specific situation. We talk in generalities. We talk in uh, kind of around the subject sometimes because everybody's situation is different. So he's an RIA. So make sure you're checking out with a qualified professional like Matt. That's a registered investment advisor. 989-401-2949 is how you can call him. 989-401-2949. You can also just check him out at his site at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. 
That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. He is, a, as I mentioned, an IRA, as well as the president and owner at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. So don't forget to subscribe to us. Shoot Matt an email if you've got any questions or need some help. And that's going to do it for us this year. Matt, thanks for your time. I've had a good time this year uh, chatting with you and learned a lot. And I hope you have a fantastic holiday season. Hey, thanks you too, Mark. I've, I've also enjoyed doing the podcast with you this year. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This wraps our 2020 year up, and uh, we are excited for 2021 to arrive. So um, we hope that you have a, a wonderful and blessed holiday season and uh, that you are able to enjoy uh, spending time, however you do that, virtually or in person with loved ones. And stay safe and healthy, everyone. Uh, God bless. Absolutely. And we'll see you soon on Mondays with Matt coming back in 2021. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.